Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Good morning, Liz Jones. How are you? Well, I'm in quite a mood, actually. Because there was a piece by a journalist in The Times criticising, and just like that, she is someone who I really admire and I really agree with, and she's award-winning as well, so we're in a tiny little club, and she's reviewing, and just like that, she wanted to see a few episodes before forming judgement. She said, these worldly women have been replaced by fragile geriatric know-nothings. Miranda's baffled by new technology when she had a Blackberry in the original. Carrie's sudden widowhood is classed as a rich bitch self-indulgent, no worse than a bad date. Her body's so decrepit she needs a hip-hop. Oh, harsh. Well, she does actually have a hip-hop in the programme. Well, you all, still haven't watched it, have you? No, no, but we're all a bit decrepit, aren't we, sort of when we're getting on. I mean, that's, that's normal. And then she says, these straw dolls, Karens, she's calling these... White women Karen's. No, I hate that. I hate that. Expression. And whipping girls say nothing about real older women, yet everything about how they're now perceived. Now, I take issue with this because probably, Janice, you're incredibly sorted. You probably got a support network, husband, children, lovely house, very secure job, lots of awards. Not every older woman's life is like that. No, absolutely not. I mean, I had a Blackberry when they came out. I was one of the first journalists to be trained on an Apple Mac to produce a newspaper using computers. I remember the lessons. I remember everyone, including the men around me, were frustrated and confused and how does it work and how do you drag and how do you do this? I took to it like a duck to water. I could take a piece of copy, fax to me and turn it into a newspaper. Yeah. So I was one of the first journalists trained to do that on Apple Macs when they first came out in the 80s. I'm baffled by technology now, aren't I, Nick? I'm baffled by, is it in my cloud? And how do I do that? I'm always asking you how to do this. So this isn't true that because Miranda had a Blackberry in the first series, she could cope now. I struggle to cope now because there's all these clouds and... Technology is so different, isn't it, now? It is so different. You know, I gave my cracked phone to my ex, which I've written about in the column, and we're going to talk about the column in a minute because it's created quite a stir, I didn't realise I had to erase it until I kept getting weird photographs taken by accident on my phone. And it was like, Nick, what's that? Oh, my God, ew. And you said to me, Andy, to Miranda fashion, (laughs) you should have erased it and this is how you erase it. You need to erase it because he's seeing your photographs. I don't mind him seeing my photographs because it's dog after dog and then another dog and then a dog sleeping and then a dog upside down and then a dog and then another dog. But he kept sending me all these photos by accident, so I didn't know that would happen. So it could have been a scene in Sex and the City update and just like that. Do, 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 do. 
And maybe Janice wouldn't believe it because she'd say, well, you used to put the times to bed single-handed because you were the first person to learn how to do to put Fleet Street to bed on an Apple Mac in the 80s. Yeah. And now you didn't realise your ex was sending you his pocket photos. It's true. But it could that... have been a scene in the new series. And also, there's, it's what your priorities are, isn't it? I mean, you've only got so much room in your mind, in your brain, to take on new information. There's, there's only so much space. There's so many, so many things you can do at once. That probably isn't necessarily important to you or important to, to the character. No, technology isn't important to me. It's a means to an exactly. end. Exactly. So you don't, you don't have any reason to want to go into it in that way and to no. be familiar with it because what you do is if you need to do something, you say, Nick, how do you do this? It's my job to know how to do it. It's your job to write the copy. So... You have your priorities, don't but you? But if and there interest. was a scene in it just like that where Miranda has divorced Steve and she's now seeing pictures of his penis all going to the loo by accident, Janice isn't going to believe that, but I'm telling you it's true. It is true. No, it is true. Because I've done it. Yeah, it is absolutely. I was the first professional map user and I'm now surprised that I'm getting his photos streamed on my phone. No, you have to be really careful because where all your devices are integrated, if you've got something you on your phone... You have to be so careful. ..and someone uses your Mac or something or your iPad, I would suggest you set them up with a separate user yeah. area yeah. because otherwise they will have access to all your files, all your photos, all your messages. And I know what scene she's objecting to. So Carrie has hip operation and she's sent home and so her friends rally round they help her get out of bed and go to the loo and Carrie wets the bed and I know that's quite revolting and I know that's what she's referring to look at when I had my vertigo nick and my vomiting all I was saying the whole time because like Carrie I don't have anyone else Nick 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 Nick, and you were running around. I couldn't even open my eyes. I was fragile and I was frail. Yep. So to say this isn't going to happen to women, it does happen. And very often, because men are chits and we've divorced them and they cheated on us and they didn't have a very big penis and they took all our money and our family have disowned us, all you have is your friend. But also... Carrie doesn't have anyone Life else. isn't neat and tidy, is it? When I had a slip disc, I couldn't walk, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't move even in you bed. You couldn't when your organs exploded. No, and when my organs exploded. Martin had to take me to the toilet, you know, and I did, I wet myself because I couldn't get from, from the, the sofa to the toilet. I couldn't move, I wet so, myself, it happened. So converse to her saying... These women are shown as fragile and everything. Sometimes women are fragile. We're not all strong and secure in our jobs and rich and live in a lovely house and have a lovely husband. Sometimes bad things do happen to us. And I actually think Sarah Jessica Parker is really, really brave to show her face as it is on television. Yeah. Amazingly brave. You just don't see that. And then in last night's episode... She almost has a half facelift because she goes with her friend to see the surgeon. I had a half facelift. How more true do you want this program to be, Janice? And then she goes on an app and starts internet dating, which I also did. Yeah. 
I mean, she didn't get a blind date with a man who thought reptiles ruled the earth as I did, and that would have been funny. But I'm sure (laughs) she did have a date on Sex and the City with a man who thought reptiles moved the earth. Janice and all these very secure, successful women would say, well, that's not going to happen. It did happen. They wouldn't believe it. No. And I think when you're in a very secure, privileged position, same as people in government having parties, you don't know how the little people are running their lives no. and how what the challenges are that we face. No. And actually, you know, things change. We do become more vulnerable as we get older. We're not so physically robust. You know, we've got a wall of whole experiences behind us that have knocked our confidence, that have made us see things differently. Yeah. Why doesn't she take into account Miranda's confidence being being she knocked? Her because husband. her husband cheated on her and now they're not having sex. Yeah, yeah. Carrie's confidence has been knocked because yeah. her husband died yeah, in exactly. front of her. And exactly. to say that it was a rich bitch hurt the scene where she's on her knees and she realised he's dying... I was in tears over yeah. that scene. And it's not often that happens apart no. from when it's an animal. No, no. And I think if we look at the life cycle of our dogs, we, we outlive our dogs. Like my Charlie, he was a young puppy, bolshy, bold, running from pillar to post. They run up to you. They think everyone loves them. You know, dogs have got no concept that you'd push them off. It's only if you get a dog that's then abused or roughly treated or rejected that they start changing their behaviour. They get old, they get frail, and you see it in their life. So it happens to us the same. It's exactly the same. We're no different, only we see it fast forward in, in the dogs we have and their animals. But I just think there's too much in the media from privileged standpoints that they can't so. believe that possibly... A woman who's had an amazing career, lives in a busy city, needs her best friend to take her to the toilet. I'm telling you, Janice, it's true. Of course it's true. You may be very privileged, but some of us aren't. No, no, absolutely not. And I think that's why we need writers like you that actually tell you like it. Well, no, that say life is hard, life is difficult, I'm struggling. Because otherwise you look at these people in their lovely houses, earning a lot of money with their lovely husbands. But these journalists who live in lovely London townhouses, they're the same really as ministers and civil servants who've got job security, families, the wife to do the shopping. Real life isn't like that. And I think it's very dangerous to lose touch with how most people in this country live. Well, absolutely. I mean, my life isn't that. I can't... I look at somebody in that situation, it's a million miles away from my life. That's if I win the lottery. That's if my life completely changes. I can't relate to that, and she probably can't relate to me, which is why she's not relating to a programme about real women. Yeah, and it really, really... And just like that, really stuck a chord. Yes, it's quite difficult to watch some of it. Yes, they get some stuff wrong. So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. Anyway, so how's your week been now? It's your birthday. It was. It was my birthday, Eve, birthday, Boxing Day. Um... Today still, isn't birthday boxing day. No, but it's birthday boxing boxing day. Oh, okay. I still haven't been very well, so I have been on a telly binge. Uh, it's fantastic telly at the minute. I'm like, I'm what like have you loving been watching? it. 
Well, I've Well, been... you certainly didn't watch them just like that. I didn't, but I watched The Tourist, James Dorman, gets his kit off, and I thought the they did um, a line in it with, with one of the police people that were a policewoman that was in a domestic abuse situation, but it was emotional abuse, and I think they did that really, really well. And I really like that actress. She's like the new Rebel Wilson. I really like her. I watched um, Four Lives. Have you seen that? No. Four Lives is a true story about four men, uh, gay men that were murdered. It is, it's a, just a short series, four episodes. It's absolutely brilliantly done, brilliantly done. I really enjoyed that. I recommend that. I think the BBC um, dramas at the minute are, are fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I watched Go Veggie and Vegan, the new series about... Who's it's hosting vegan. It? Matt Rebert, a chef. He's quite handsome, actually. And he did the most amazing vegan um, pavlova last night. Absolutely amazing. So I think that's really great for anybody. Where did you get your birthday cake from? My birthday cake was Wicked from Tesco's. It was raspberry and chocolate and absolutely delicious. Did you like it? I haven't had it yet. (gasps) You've not had it? Oh, it's delicious. It's lovely. Um, So I think that's fantastic that we're getting a really, you know, good chef, well-known doing vegan food on TV for veganery. I think that's brilliant. And tonight we've got Afterlife starting again. Hooray! Hooray! Ricky Gervais. But you want to know what my favourite is? Dogs behaving badly. Dogs behaving very badly. Very badly. The lovely Graham. I've started to get a crush on Graham Hall. You know, I like my toy boys. He's, he's quite a dandy, isn't he's he? He's quite debonair. What I really like about him, he does look at people like they're, they're idiots. He goes in and it's a bit like... The problem's not the dog, mate, it's you. And he's very polite about it, but you can just see the waves going on behind the, the eyes thinking, oh, dear, it's you I'm going to have a problem with. So I've got a bit I've got a bit of a crush on him. I've, I've always fantasised about marrying a vet, you know, where I could poke him in the ribs at 2 o'clock That's in not the gonna morning. Happen. No, I really want a vet. I mean, I re- I'm, I'm really want a vet. I, or someone that's really, really rich that I can get a vet full time. But you could poke them in the ridge in the morning and say, like, Charlie's sneezing, can you go check him? But that's not going to happen while you've still got Martin. No, no, but trust me, Martin vet, Martin vet, no question. So no tell question. everyone what Martin got you for your birthday. Uh, is it, uh, Nothing. I haven't seen him. He's been working in Keswick, so... Couldn't he have left you something or texted you something? Apparently not. Apparently not. But Graham, on the other hand, you just want him because you could hand the dog. But I was watching his programme last night, and, and it is, it's really good. I love it. But it makes it all look so easy. So he had this, and it's not the reality. It's not the reality. He had this spaniel who would keep running off into water to chase the ducks. So he put the spaniel on a long line, and he's doing this thing where the dog runs off to the end of the line, and he says, wait. And he stops the dog and the dog comes back to him and it's all all sorted in mere minutes. And I literally was sitting crying with laughter because when I first got Boris, Boris had had absolutely no training whatsoever. Boris, when I say pulled on the lead, it was like trying to um, lead a tank or be led by a tank. No, he's really strong. Couldn't be left on his own, um, stole food, I mean, the the previous people had to put your baby gate up so that he ate in a different room. They couldn't eat in the same room as him. And so when I first got him, walking him, to be honest, was was a bit of a trial, I have to say. I mean, I'm I'm quite hefty. 
And so I thought I'd take him into the field on a long line to let him have a, you know, take him on a walk where he could have a bit of a play. So I drove in the field, thought, got me Costa coffee. I thought it'd be lovely. I'll sit down in the grass with him. He can just have a little gamble round on the end of this long rope. <laughs> Graham, it didn't work like it does for you. <laughs> out Boris came, out of the car. He just kept going. I thought, well, he'll stop when he gets to the end of the rope. No. No, no. There was me, coconut and vanilla latte in one hand, flat on my face, trying to protect my four-pound coffee, diving How through can the you bushes. to buy takeaway coffee? That was my treat. That was my that was my breakfast. It was my treat. And I was just I being... haven't got breakfast. I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You can see my what I had my bowl of cornflakes this morning. I haven't got enough to have a portion. That's mean. That's mean. So I was dragged through on my water stomach. Skiing. Water Well, face skiing. I mean, good job I've got big boobs, really, because it saved me from, from a lot of damage. All round the field. All round the field. Didn't work. I wish I'd filmed it. All round the field. And then <laughs> two days later, my poor mum, I handed her the lead in my garden and she had the misfortune for a rabbit to run across the bottom of the garden. So with Graham, when he's teaching them to walk nicely next to him, instantly, all these owners being dragged around, instantly they're walking next to shoulder to his knee, not a pull on the knee, not a look at another dog, hands Boris to mum. All of a sudden, I look round and all I saw was my mum parallel to the ground horizontally, four foot in the air. Like Superman. Like Superman. Her arm outstretched where Boris would took off. And she literally, and I swear, she... <laughs> I mean, I mustn't laugh because it was awful. But she literally glided through the air like Superman for about six foot. I wish you'd filmed it. <laughs> I wish I'd have filmed it. I'd be rich. So, yeah, that didn't work very well. That didn't work very well. So <laughs> it really... So I love watching these programmes of, of what Graham does and what my reality is. Do we want to talk about this week's column? We do. We've had a huge... No, well, I just want to just say that we had a little... It was a bit like binge-watching. We had a little preview of the column this Sunday because, really, I couldn't wait to tell you about it. And so many people were asking me about the gifting mismatch. So I gave the X and I 13 and all the accessories because I thought you might need to dial 999 and cost £1,000. And he gave me a box of matches... Which was like but what ashes. is good about having talked about it last week, if we got live now from we Nicola... We have. ..the reaction of the readers in real time. Well, you know, the key word was blocked. Everybody loves blocked. So we've got Joe who says, love the podcast last week, so many brilliant points from both of you. I checked the block numbers in my phone and there's more than in contacts. Who cares? Not me. So <laughs> blocked is something everyone does. We've also got But Stephanie. what did they think about the present mismatch? Well, we've got Francis. I had a tweet from someone who was very mean and they said, Liz, stop telling us how generous you are. But that's, that's I have to tell you what I gave someone for Christmas because that's part of my USP, isn't it? Well, it was all relevant, wasn't it? Because it then caused upset and, and, yeah. and blocked and being blocked. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got Stephanie who says, brilliant podcast, blocking freeze your energy for good things, which you've found, haven't you? You're the butterfly. It's the column really, not the podcast. 
Yeah. We're reacting to the column. Yeah, yeah, but we go on. She says, leave the grumpy negative people to wallow in their misery. It was grumpy and negative. I was was really, really, really upset and hurt. That's what I mean. I think she's right because we were talking, weren't we, about blocking people and how that does free up your energy. Yeah. And and it is true, isn't it? You feel a bit more liberated. Yeah, but you haven't done it. I haven't done it yet. And Francis says, I'm raising a glass to blocking and a fresh start for both of you. I shout at your podcast on a weekly basis, mostly like phrases like, you can do so much better than him. Or, you have your dog, so why do you need a man? Or, I don't need a man. Or, where's your self-esteem? I realised there wouldn't be much material if you weren't on the endless quest for a perfect relationship and the show wouldn't be nearly as entertaining if you was enjoying marital bliss. I'd love marital bliss. I'd love to be less entertaining. Yeah, but if I had a husband, I wouldn't have to do a podcast. I'd make him pay for no, things. No, and we'd love marital bliss, wouldn't we? Yeah, I we'd could make it. him go and get my breakfast because I've got nothing. I haven't even got a bowl of cornflakes. Well, they could, they, there's only marital bliss if they're useful then. Yeah, and go up ladders. She says, I'm so pleased you finally realised that Martin offers very little and thrilled that Liz has eventually concluded that the ex is an ungrateful, arrogant pig who doesn't deserve her, let alone a £1,000 phone. Block them all. Block, 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 block and block again. Block. So basically, we had, I mean, that's just a selection, but we had so many people. What did they think of the box of matches that looked like they would contain my ashes? Well, they, they sort of assumed that there must be a f- real present to follow. They was a bit confused, to be honest. We had so many people that just said... The fact that he was cryptic was an issue for a lot of people. The fact that he was look to yourself and, and your actions. And your actions. And well, did, did people did did anyone understand? Oh, there was a big Twitter argument going on with one woman trying to explain to people why I did it, and she and and she says no, Liz gave him the present not because she wants to get back to him because she thought it's dangerous not to have a phone, yeah. especially when you're driving and you're not very well, etc., yeah, yeah, etc., yeah, yeah. and you yeah. live on your own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had people on Twitter actually defending me giving the present, and people on Twitter saying, "Why are you spending a thousand pounds on an ex?" Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to eat this month if I hadn't had the refund. And then I had the whole bother of packing it up, waiting for the man to take it, filling in the form, printing the label, getting my money back. It created... Why do men create, even if they're not in your lives, more work? But I also think Francis really pinpointed the word... It was really ungrateful. Yeah. I mean, I would have completely understood if you'd have said to you, Liz, this is so generous... I can't accept it. It's too much money. You can't afford it. I, I wouldn't take it. But he didn't say he wasn't you. going to accept the birthday treat at Limewood, which no. cost about two grand. He didn't say he wasn't going to accept the spa cottage in the Cotswolds at New Year because he said he wouldn't be able to pay anything. No. And that would have cost about three grand. So he's never had a problem before. So I don't think it is with the money. No, I don't. And think I'm still it is. completely at sea as to what the problem was. No, and people didn't like that. They felt that if he had an issue with you, he should have just Say said... Say so. This is, this do you know, the one is. thing I hate the most... Is cryptic. I do, I do. Just say what you bloody well mean. What I really hate is if someone phones and says, when I see you, I'll tell you so-and-so, and you say, well, tell me now. And it's, no, no, I'll tell you when I see you. Oh, bugger off. I'm just, just tell me now for it's the love of God. Time-wasting. You well, know then, I hate time-wasting. But then you've got this mental thing going on, haven't you, until you find out what's no, going on. No, but now I've blocked anyone who annoys me. 
I know they're not going to upset me during the day. Yeah. That is quite liberating because yeah. you, I, you want to divorce yourself from any of their nonsense, their cryptic puzzles. You, you just completely erase it from mm. your day mm. and your mm. mind. Mm. We had quite a lot of people who said that they'd had a very sort of similar thing, that they'd done stuff for their exes or done stuff for their boyfriends and then they sort of resented them for being able to do it. There was like a resentment that they were in a position to, I don't know, buy them an iPhone or, or whatever. And I wasn't really in a position to do it. No, you it. wasn't. That you would wasn't. have meant I would now have minus £400 in my account for the yeah. rest of the month. Yeah. So actually, you're actually more generous when you can't afford it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got £3 in my account now. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't have money to splash around. No. So I think that's lesson learned. <laughs> Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. I heard from a lovely lady in Canada. She said, so as you pack up the phone, that miserable git sent back to you, let's both of us be thankful for our goodbyes. Life will unfold yeah. in new ways. Yeah. We'll be vigilant in regards to past patterns. I ain't giving any fuck or anything else ever in my entire life. Well, talking of patterns... No one, does, no one responds to generosity. No. I've got a friend, actually, who runs a business, and she said to me... The more she paid for people's honeymoons, the more she sent them on holidays, the more she gave them money and lent them things, yeah. the worse they behaved. Yeah. It's counterproductive. Yeah. Well, you talk about patterns, and I think that's the issue, isn't it, repeating patterns. I, I recently did, did a course, and one thing that came up for me, which was really interesting, which will be relevant to you, is when you get into a relationship with someone and you're trying to fix them or fix the situation or help them, you can never do it because all you're doing is you're going into the relationship in a, in a place that isn't nurturing you as well. You're always trying to fix them, always trying to help them. What you need to do is pick someone that's already in the right place, that appreciates you, that is glad to be with you. You shouldn't have to buy love. You shouldn't have to beg for love. You shouldn't have to try for love. It should be there as a mutual understanding, a mutual feeling. So I thought that was really relevant. Because it's quite hard to find someone like that, isn't it? It is really hard to find someone like that. But I think the key point was, was as long as you're in a relationship where you're trying to fix something, you're always going to be fighting. And that's just not good for anybody. You're better off to just draw a line under it and start again with someone that's in the right place for you. Yeah. Wise words, I thought. Do we want to look at the archive? Yes. Is the, ar is the archive... It's quite tricky, actually, cheerful. doing the archive because... And I've been having sorts of lots of spiritual readings this week for a future thing... I have to keep dragging up the past, and it's yeah. actually quite upsetting. Yeah. Because it's disaster after disaster after disaster after breakup after this after that. Do, do you see what I mean? And actually, if you yeah. want to draw a line under the past, it's actually quite difficult. Well, I think the whole thing about drawing a line after it is genuinely being able to let it go and move on and not 
give it any of your energy, which is, as you say, difficult for you to do when, A, you use it a lot for work, so you have to revisit it, and, B, if you've not really let it go anyway. But I could let it go if I didn't have to keep revisiting it. I don't think you're letting go some of the things, like the, the phone number. The fact that your ex-husband's still got your old phone number. Yeah, I'm very cross about that. You're very that. cross about that. You're very cross. What was it, 07? 07710 was the original yeah, first mobile cross. phone numbers. Yeah, you're never going to let that. I don't care what spirit. See, that's another have. complete scene out of Sex and the City, and I did it first. Carrie, in the first film, throws her phone in the ocean because Big has jilted her at the altar, and her assistant, your equivalent in New York, gets her a new phone, it hasn't got the New York code, 917, and she's distraught. Yeah. So, you see, Sex and the City copying. She did it first. This did I it did first. it first. Yeah. So this column is from April 2013, in which I ponder his confession. <gasps> oh, dear. I always get worried when I hear the word that confession. I read and reread the rock star's email. I had suspected he was still drinking a bit. You could sometimes hear it on the phone, an intake of breath, a pause where there shouldn't be a pause. That can sometimes be smoking as well, isn't it? Yeah. I put it down to him smoking again due to the stress of going out with me. (laughs) (laughs) I've had experience of alcoholics before. My sister-in-law, Laura, seemed normal until one day over lunch she started to drop her food onto her lap and dribble down her front. Until that moment, I'd had no idea. I could tell my then-boyfriend to check himself into the priory because I certainly cannot help him. I feel bad too, having placed my worries upon his shoulders when at first perhaps he saw me as strong and capable. What worries did I place on his shoulders? God knows. I don't know. Oh, 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 here we go. He saw me as strong and capable, not in need of a crutch or a friend, maybe just a flexible overdraft facility. Now, the reason we first got together was that he sent an email saying, I've read your column, do you want a free holiday in my villa this summer? Oh, well, that's nice. But I couldn't do it, I couldn't take up the offer because I couldn't afford the plane fare and I couldn't afford the hire car Mm. at the other end. So I thought and thought about whether he'd started drinking again. I could offer to see him, help make a plan. I could be sympathetic. I could be dishonest and say, oh, it doesn't matter. I could confiscate his car keys. Lots of things started to make sense as I read and reread his texts. The lack of sex, the misdates, the silences. And do I want this complication really in my life? I need someone reliable, someone to lean on, share things with, go places with. Every time I have to pump my own fuel, I wail to the heavens, I need a man, a useful one. I question my own worth too. So this is all I can get, a man with problems, not a nice normal man. Like being whisked off your feet and taken to a lovely hotel, only to find when he takes off his trousers he has a wooden leg. I had thought with all, ha-ha, the men in my life, three and a half, it was me who was at fault, undesirable, but it was not as clear-cut as that. Yes, I was too old for my ex-husband, but he was lazy and had his own issues. Trevor was addicted to sadness. Osama bin Laden was shy, full of self-doubt, which should have taught me women don't have the monopoly on that. Oh, and I talk about Carrie Bradshaw. Look how many years I've been talking. I'm still doing it, and I did it then. (laughs) So I 
sat and thought and I wrote and I slowly erased the words as either patronising or too mummy-ish. And then I typed this, the last words from my favourite film, a film he absolutely got and laughed out loud to alongside me, which means I knew that he was the one. Which was, this is a quiz here at the end, which film was it? I typed two words, adding a careful Carrie Bradshaw ellipsis. See, Carrie Bradshaw. It's there, it's, it's there. A, yeah, you know what an ellipsis is. I do. Dot, 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 and I press send. What did I write? Nobody's perfect. Which is from? Something to do with Carrie Grant? No. Don't How know could me. you not know this? You're a fetus. I'm a fetus. I'd love to be a fetus. <laughs> I'd do it all differently. Go on, what's it from? Some Like It Hot. Is that from Some Like It Hot? Yeah, it's the I last love line. that film. I love that film. Because Tony Curtis... Yes. And it's Jack Lemmon. And at the end, Jack Lemmon whips off the wig and says, I'm a man. And so Joey Brown says, nobody's perfect. I remember that now. I love that film. So in 2013... Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw. But you're still trying to rescue people. But I'm not doing it anymore. We need to... We need to... Well, from today... I think you need to do RTT which is what I've done. Is that going to be as effective as Wild Fit? It's rapid transformational therapy. and No, I've done but the it, lightning process. I did the did, lightning process. You did process. the lightning process. You had to stand on a little mat and turn around. It was like an upright version of Twister. That sounds quite fun, really. No, with this, you go back to where you originally tried to rescue someone and why you feel that you have to look out for them, rescue someone, and then you go back to that and you realise at that point, wow, I'm repeating this pattern because I'm trying to save that person in my past, but I can't. I can't change what happened in my past. So it could be anything. The reason for my downfall is because I tried to help someone Yeah. and I felt sorry for them. But I think you've got to look at where... So, for instance, with me... I am always, I get involved a lot with alcoholics, don't I? But my dad was an alcoholic. My dad sort of rejected me in favour of drink all the time. For instance, he didn't even come to court for the visiting rights hearing or anything like that. He would rather be in the pub than do that. So I think all my life I've ended up dating alcoholics and I'm trying to make them choose me over a drink, but they're never going to. But I'm doing that because of my. I wanted my dad to choose me. I think the reason I give people things, even if I'm not in a relationship, even if I don't like them, even if they let me down, is because as a child, I was very scared of someone, and the only way we could placate her was for everything to go her way. Yeah, yeah well, that makes sense then, doesn't it? So you're repeating that pattern. <laughs> You can read this week's diary in full at Man on Sunday's You magazine. So your vaccination, uh, you wrote about not being vaccinated. Yes, because I was too ill to have them and too scared. That caused an absolute avalanche. We've had so many emails, so many letters. Um, You've had a huge amount of support. Lots and lots of people are saying... Well, I'm not government propaganda telling people what to do, you see. No. Lots of people are saying that they feel in the same position as you, that you you said you felt like a leper 
but if you say you're not vaccinated, a lot of people are saying they've lost friends over it. They've they've got problems with their husbands or wife over yeah. it because they don't want to be vaccinated, and they're really pleased to hear someone in the media coming out and saying, "I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to be vaccinated." No. It's my body and I'll do what I want with it. So there was a huge amount of support. Yeah, I'm the female Novak Djokovic. You are. There was there was the other side of the coin where people felt that, I mean, like Maureen says, shame on you, Liz Jones. I've read your column for 22 years but no longer get vaccinated. How dare you tell me what to do with my body? Yeah. And, really and all these people saying I'm filling up hospital beds because I'm not vaccinated. I'm not in a hospital bed. Have you seen me in a hospital bed? No. No. The one time I had to get medical treatment that this year for my vertigo I went private yeah I'm not overweight I'm very fit I don't smoke I don't take drugs I no longer drink I exercise eat properly I'm not occupying a hospital bed no. I had to go to London the day before yesterday I went and got a PCR test I wouldn't have gone if it had come back positive but of course it was negative yeah how dare people tell me what to do with my body no. that's like me saying to you Nick stop eating you're too fat or to your mum, stop smoking, stop going to the doctor about your diabetes, you brought it on yourself. People have to make their own choices. We don't yeah. live in a dictatorship. Well, we had, we had an, I think the thing is as well, it's shaped by your experiences, isn't it? Because we had one man that said that his wife has got terminal cancer and she wasn't diagnosed early enough because all the clinics and stuff the stuff that she could have gone to were closed because the resources were redirected with COVID. So he's sort of understandably very angry at anything that he thinks would have contributed to that. But I haven't been so, to a doctor. I haven't taken up a hospital no, bed. I haven't been in an ICU ward. I don't think it helps. I, on this morning, I saw they was interviewing a woman that was in hospital and it's very sort of biased the way they do it. She, they were saying, have you been vaccinated? And she said, no. And they said, well, do you wish you had a been now? And it's like, yes, probably. So that I think even the media are sort of pushing this Yeah, but every time thing. on, say, the BBC News, they have an item about um, COVID, they then in interview young people saying, yes, I'm really glad I had the vaccine because I think it's the right thing to do. And then they have a picture of someone on an ICTU board behind a mask. Yeah. They're deliberately trying to persuade people to do things by using propaganda. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got Darren here that says, well done for coming out. And actually, if the government thought this was so serious and they were terrified about it, because obviously during the Second World War, it, the government tried to hide things from the British public because they didn't want us becoming too depressed and suicidal. Yeah. So they hid a lot of terrible things that were going on yeah. and had this sort of can-do attitude, yes, we are going to win the war. But it seems the opposite is happening with this. And if the government were really terrified, as they were telling us to be terrified on the same day they had parties, they wouldn't have partied in the garden no. and then got on a tube or got on a taxi and gone home and gone to their families and kissed their wife and spread it and spread it and spread it. No, well, they're If they not were that consistent. worried, they wouldn't have had parties. No. It wasn't just about the people at the party. It's who they then interacted with because they've all got wives, they've all got husbands, they've all got children, they've all got... Probably elderly relatives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Katie Bird says, thank you. Just read your brilliant article on the vaccine online in the Mail on Sunday. I know you will get heaps of criticism from it, but not from me. I'm in a similar position to you and will never risk taking it. So thank you for putting so eloquently all my feelings. Good luck and stay true to yourself. 
Um, Darren says, well done for coming out in public as being unvaccinated. Not that it's a vaccine, but an experimental gene therapy. I believe it killed my perfectly healthy mum and is ruining the health of my next door neighbour and two young men, 20 years of age, that can no longer play football after developing heart problems. So why am I getting flat for not being vaccinated when I had a PCR test? Um, I haven't been to a party. I haven't been to a wedding. I haven't been to a nightclub. I haven't been to a restaurant. I work from home on my own. You're about three feet away from me at the moment. You've been tested as well. Yeah, regularly. Why am I getting flat for living my life very carefully, but people aren't getting sacked for going to parties, even though they've had COVID and they've been vaccinated and everything? And also the vaccine doesn't stop you getting it, doesn't stop you spreading it, and actually only lasts a couple of months. Mm. And look, at we've had football, you know, yeah. stadiums filled with people. So Piers Morgan message. is probably going to have a go at me for not being vaccinated because that's what he tweets about all the time. But he went to a football match. I haven't been to a football no. match. I haven't been anywhere. No, exactly. But, I mean, you, you, I mean it's, been, it's been interesting reading all the emails because there's been such... But there isn't enough honest debate about this topic. There, no, there isn't. isn't. There isn't. And, and we don't It's know very easy effects, to we? say what you think your readers and listeners are going to like. I mean, I have been vaccinated and... I've been really ill from it. I was really ill for a week from from yeah. my um, first vaccination. I was really ill. I haven't had the third one yet. I will. But I'm putting it off because I'm not very well at the moment and I can't afford to be more ill at the moment than I am. Yeah. But, Nick, when I was bad. offered my vaccine, I was going to have it and it was booked yeah. in. I would have had to drive to Halls in the middle of the moor. That's about 25 miles. I wasn't up to it. And also, I think it's important to, to say at this stage... Your GP said that you shouldn't have the vaccination. Did while you was yeah, we, we, when you were talking to him, we had the dizziness and the vertigo, and you were being so ill. I mean, you couldn't get out of bed for three weeks at one point. He actually said, "Don't have it at the moment until you've got yourself sorted." So you were actually yeah. operate on yeah. on GP yeah. advice. So it's not that you're an anti-vaxxer as such. It's you weren't in a position to have it medically at the yeah. time, and now you've chosen not to because you feel. You're pro-choice, aren't you? It's up to you to, to choose what you want to put and in I your body. And I think natural immunity from people like me who aren't going to end up in ICU because we're not smokers, I'm not 90 years old, I'm very, very fit, we're making the world safer because we've got natural immunity. I'm not going to spread it to anyone. No, no. Well, I think you've had both ends of the coin. So Maureen, you said she's not going to read your column anymore. But Darren said, I used to find you a bit annoying. I still read your diary every week, though. And all of a sudden, I think you're magnificent. Funny how you can change your mind. (laughs) Go, Darren. Go, Darren. You're magnificent. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.